Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunday service. To everyone here, all of our guests, the ones just for this weekend, and then people coming already and arriving for Spiritual Renewal Week this week. And to all of our friends online, a big welcome. I'm not, uh, my name is Nayaswami Mantradevi. This is Nayaswami Krishna Das. And Sundar was going to give a talk today, but he fell ill yesterday. So he's at home recuperating. And um, he tested negative for COVID, though. So I'm going to read today's reading as from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda, Comparisons from the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. And today's reading is on the redeeming light. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. The book of Isaiah in the Bible, chapter 9, tells us, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. What is this light of which so many scriptures speak? In Autobiography of a Yogi by Bharamahansa Yogananda, we read of an early experience the Master had with that light. He says, I was blessed about the age of eight with a wonderful healing through the photograph of Lahiri Mahashai. This experience gave intensification to my divine love. While at our family estate in Ikapur, Bengal, I was stricken with Asiatic cholera. My life was despaired of. The doctors could do nothing. At my bedside, Mother frantically motioned me to look at Lahiri Mahashai's picture on the wall above my head. Bow to him mentally. She knew I was too feeble, even to lift my hands in salutation. If you really show your devotion and inwardly kneel before him, your life will be spared. I gazed at his photograph and saw there a blinding light enveloping my body and the entire room. My nausea and other uncontrollable symptoms disappeared. I was well. At once, I felt strong enough to bend over and touch Mother's feet in appreciation of her immeasurable faith in her guru. Mother pressed, pressed her head repeatedly against the little picture. Oh, omnipresent Master, I thank thee that my light Thy light has healed my son. I realized that she too had witnessed the luminous blaze through which I had instantly recovered from a usually fatal disease. Where my light is, God once told a saint whom the divine light had healed, no darkness can dwell. The divine light, pure, calm, liberating, is the only final cure for every kind of delusion, ill health, emotional grief, and spiritual ignorance. Seek it daily in the silence, in deep meditation. As the Bhagavad Gita says in the fifth chapter, for whom that darkness of the soul is chased by light, 
Splendid and clear shines manifest the truth, as if a sun of wisdom sprang to shed its beams of light. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. <clears throat> Om, Om, Om. Good morning, everyone. So wonderful to be with you. Technically, Spiritual New Week begins this evening, but so many of you are already here and our karma yogis as well that have been here. This is going to be a great week. So um, welcome to you all. I hope you can participate as much as possible. So yesterday, we had a wonderful Sevaka Order retreat. And it, it, uh, Jyotish and Devi, as usual, they, they deliver. You can sit back and relax, because you know they will. They gave wonderful talks. Uh, so there's been a lot, you know, building up for this this weekend and week. Mantradevi and I, we, uh, I had the Sevaka order. We knew we had, we had service today with Sundara. And then this evening, uh, the orientation. And then tomorrow, we have a class on pilgrimage. And then we're doing uh, Sadhana Tuesday. So that's kind of, we're bunched up at the beginning. So I was home uh, yesterday. Uh, after the Sevaka Order Retreat, I was on our deck, you know, enjoying nature, and, and I kind of slipped into a... Uh, well, we, have, we have a beautiful deck, and also we had erected a Krishna shrine that's very beautiful. Everybody's welcome to go see it if you're on a walk, <laughs> find out where we live. And it's, I, I love to look over at it. And uh, so, but I went into kind of a semi, semi-conscious kind of snooze, and... Uh, <laughs> but then I heard this me, 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 you know, I, and I, I looked down kind of in a half sleep, and, and there was this little baby deer, and uh, it was, you know, crying a bit and looking around and made it over to the shrine. It was looking and then went behind it, and I, I thought, okay, it's obviously looking for its mother, and I hope that the mother was going to be around, because we never know when the mothers disappear, and then the babies are you know, in a bad way. But the mother trotted up and heard the call, and then joined with her mother and suckled a bit, and all the crying stopped. It was beautiful. Then I look over, I hear this rustling, and there is a turkey. And I look closer, and there's seven little puff balls with legs <laughs> all around it, you know. And, uh, and the mother's just nonchalant, you know, feeding, and they stayed with it. I thought, what's the lesson here? <laughs> Keep mother close. <laughs> Keep mother close. Um, so, but as Manchadevi already introduced, so then we were relaxing, and then we got the dreaded call that Sundara wasn't feeling well. And so we had a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Who is going to do this? <laughs> and uh, we were so kind with each other. You do it. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. No, I'll do it. But then her last words were, I did it last time. <laughs> what could I say? So here we are. 
I'm going to start with, uh, so the topic is the redeeming light. And I'm going to start with uh, Whispers, Beautiful Whispers from Eternity by Paramahansa Yogananda in his book of poems and prayers. Teach me to drown in thy light and live. I come to thee with the song of my smiles. Whatever treasures have lain in the secrecy of my soul, I bring eagerly to thee. I bring thee all the honey from the hive of my heart. All that was ever mine is now thine alone. The sunlight of this world shining upon my eager hopes and brief fickle fulfillments burned me repeatedly with dissatisfaction. Now I will quench my thirst forever in thy radiant waters. The taper of my aspiration toward happiness will burst aflame with thy coming into a conflagra conflagration of bliss. In thy vast, enchanting sea of light, I will swim joyfully forever. Teach me to drown in thee and live, rather than live in a mirage paradise of earthliness and die. So this, um, this topic is, is a good one. We, you know, these readings carry through, uh, not exactly week to week, but there is a theme overall direction of these readings in the, in the Ray, uh, Ray's book. And early on, it's, can man see God? While well, Krishna tells Arjuna, not with uh, mortal eyes, but with uh, divine sight. And we see God as light, or hear the sound of Om. Later on, there's when we are children of the light, and that's established, you know, what, what, who are we really? We're not these physical beings, we're just kind of housed in this form. Uh, that are pro we're progeny of God, and God is light, cosmic consciousness. And the soul is made in that image, where, as Master Paramahansa Yogananda puts it poetically, we are a spark of that divine flame, the light. Now, a few weeks later, we have this, the redeeming light. So really, the, the focus on this particular uh, topic of the light being the redeeming light. The light redeems us. So in Christianity, they uh, make quite a bit of the redemption. You know, the re yeah, but you have to receive Jesus Christ as your only savior, and then just by that acknowledgement, you're redeemed. And then they have, you know, ceremonies, baptisms, and, and uh, so on. But uh, it's not that easy. We, we as yogis, and through the grace and uh, guidance of the great master, Paramahansa Yogananda, who came to the West with this tra trail of this lineage of God-realized masters. And he comes and says, well, I'm going to give you the techniques, the precepts, the teachings, but also the techniques that you could 
commune with this light that is your own essential reality and redeem yourself. Redemption is working out your karma, working out that which impediments, that which the one you mentioned in the fire sermon, the koshas that kind of surround us, sh uh, shield or shroud the soul and our acknowledgement or understanding, realization that we are that, thou art that, we are the soul. So that's what this whole redemption, uh, the redeeming light, when we bathe ourselves in that light, we are being cleansed, we are being purified, we're uniting back to God in that form, in light. So these reading, the reading goes on, and it gives a beautiful kind of synopsis, pre, succinct and clear and um, kind of pithy, the philosophies of yoga, or India, Vedanta, Shankya, and yoga. Okay, so in this reading, oh, can you hand me that book, please? I didn't put it back in the right place. Okay, that's all right, I'll find it. It's not in order. Oh, this book, I don't know. It's in a different order than our other book. So I'll just talk about it. Um, so it starts with the whole, you know, uh, talking about those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Well, that's us, you know, we're, why are the people in darkness seeing the light? Well, we're all in some kind of darkness of, by degree, by our ignorance, our spiritual ignorance. So, so he says, but those walking in darkness have seen a great light. And that's what we're after, that's what we're seeking, seeking that great light. And we will see it, it's, it's guaranteed, it's promised. Uh, if we do the right things, live the right way, do practice our daily, uh, our, our daily techniques. And then, Matt, and then the Swami gives that example of Yogananda being healed by the light with the flash of light out of the photo of Lahiri Mahashaya, that a God-realized master that is the light that has the power to channel the light and heal others. And so that little drama was for us. That's the Vedanta, God is light. That's the reality of God. Then he goes on to say, well, okay, it will heal you physically, mentally, and we're in spiritual ignorance, okay? And the last line, is that happens through deep daily meditation. Deep daily, and that's the yoga, you know? He gave the, the Vedanta and then the part about the suffering of body, mind, and, and soul through spiritual ignorance, that's the Shankya. And then he gave the yoga, deep daily meditation. So it's one philosophy, it's an integrated philosophy. The, so we're all, in some state of suffering uh, by our karma and uh, many things are where we're at in our understanding right now in our, wherever we're at in our spiritual evolution. Uh, so, and so this suffering, as we say, is kind of a motivator <laughs> from behind to move us towards the light. Vedanta talks all about the light. It's the yoga that Paramahansa Yogananda brought for us the practices that we can do to move from the suffering into the light.
Okay? He gave another little pithy, uh, very in spiritual diary, he, he, he had it, I, I just was picking up on this recently. He said, oh spirit, teach us to heal the body by recharging it with cosmic energy, physical suffering, to heal the mind by concentration and cheerfulness, mental, emotional suffering, and to heal the disease of soul ignorance by the divine medicine of meditation on thee. Again, that's the threefold suffering of Shankya and then um, and the cure, the divine medicine of meditation. So we can't stress more, and you're on this path, many of you, and also many of you are warming up to it, daily, regular, daily, deep meditation. Because he says that the, the cure of, uh, I think it was in the readings, the, the cure of mental suffering is concentration, it said, and cheerfulness. You know, concentration because through Yogananda says that restlessness is satanic. We don't usually get, bring Satan down that far. And it's pure restlessness is Satan because through restlessness, everything else deteriorates or degenerates. We come back to stillness the stillness of our own soul. Be still and know that I am God, that you are God. Be still and you know, you experience that you are God. That's, that's the goal, that's the cure, that's our destiny. Okay, but it takes our practices to do that. So in the fire ceremony this morning, I was talking about how it, that light, that's a symbol of the redeeming light, the fire. We, cast all of our limitations into that fire. And in a way, that's a, a redemptive process, redemptive, uh, where we go deeper, further in the realization of that light that is our own essence. Um, the, but in that uh, ceremony, the deeper symbology of it is it's right inside of us. So Yogananda brings Kriya Yoga. All of our practices are a body of teachings and techniques that make up Kriya Yoga, but the, what, the capstone is Kriya technique itself, and that is the inner purification, the inner redemption. That technique is more powerful, one of the most powerful techniques given to man, resurrected again for this age, for us. So we go into meditation. Basically, we're trying to raise all the energy up, up the spine, the cosmic energy, so that we can bring it here to the point between the eyebrows, this divine flame. It's the, the uh, another way Yogananda put it. He said it was the eye of the soul. Now, I was always thinking that, you know, we have to get to the point between the eyebrows and then and the spiritual eye, and then we open and we see the light Okay, and then we're bathed in that light. And then we experience the soul qualities more naturally. They're, they're who, that's who we are. But it's the eye of the soul. So when we can open this spiritual eye or be more here, the soul can see. In the, in the, uh, the Mrtanjaya mantra, it's Om Triyambakam, tree is three. 
Triumbicum, the three-eyed Lord, Yajamahe, I bow to the three-eyed Lord. The three-eyed is because he has these two eyes like we do, but his eye is open all the time, the all-seeing eye. So he knows everything about everything, including us. He sees what we can't see. So we pray to the three-eyed Lord. We pray to God in that, through those mantras to open, to, to help us, because he could see our samskaras, help us redeem ourselves, and also help us awaken our own third eye, because that's what it's all about. We need to get there. Ye are gods. There's always the, the um, relationship with the guru. Master always acknowledged Sri Teshwar and bowed to him and, and Babaji, the whole lineage, because um, the guru is that vehicle that will do it. But we need to get there ourselves. So I had this interesting experience. Um, uh, I was, oh, I, I was, uh, some family visited. So we were in San Francisco, you know. Because you think of all this as very mystical and esoteric. But we were in San Francisco, and you do these things when people visit. They wanted to go to Alcatraz, you know. For, the, for those international visitors, Alcatraz is an island off the coast, the bay, and that, that became a penal colony, like a, a penitentiary. But it was uh, closed, I don't know when, and they made it into a, you can tour it and go there and, you know, learn about what went on there. So, so we're getting a tour, and we have these audio things, you know. And we're, so they take us into where these guys were in solitary confinement, right? I don't know if it was for effect or they had interviews of these, these criminals, because this guy had a heavy Brooklyn accent, and he was talking about being in solitary confinement in a little, little dark, black, small, confined area. No light. So he said, for entertainment in his Brooklyn accent, I used to throw the quarter up in the air, and it would come down, and it would roll around. And I'd wait till it stopped, and I'd look for it. That's what he did to pass his time, look for this quarter. But then he said, but then I would sit, and I'd look into the, into the black, into the darkness, and this light would come. This is a criminal you know, so-called criminal, who, who knows if he was innocent or guilty. And even if he was guilty, God's not condemning him. God isn't condemning any of us. But he'd focus on, maybe he saw a pinpoint, so he focused on that and, in, and increased. It increased. He wasn't doing Kriya Yoga. He wasn't probably doing any kind of yoga. I don't know, he didn't say. Um, I thought that was an interesting experience. So then we were asked to go up to Seattle in 1986, some of us, and uh, to start Ananda Seattle, Pranabha Parvati, myself, Uma McFarlane. And so we were up there, and uh, there was a, one of our members, he, he was doing experimentation with biofeedback, I think, or brain waves and things like that, you know. So, so uh, he said, would I be, you know, participate? And I said, sure, I thought that was interesting. So I met him on the fourth floor of some high-rise down in Seattle, downtown. 
And so he hooked me up. He had this like thing on and with all these electrodes and gooed my hair and stuck them in there. And you know. And so I was supposed. To, he was on this path. So I did Hongsa, Samom. I did Kriya, and then I did Jyoti Mudra, which we end our Kriya practice with. For those that don't know, so it's supposed to bring the light, the spiritual eye, point between the eyebrows. So I'm not in my private meditation room on my nice little mat. You know, I'm in this office, you know, so I did, you know, we mapped it out and I did it. And, uh, and so then he, he recorded it, both brain waves and, and colors as well. So, so we reviewed it afterwards. It was amazing. The, the, the visuals was, as I, particularly when I did Jyoti Mudra, this light like flashed in my forehead and started moving through the quadrants of his brain and then down my spine. And I thought, wow, I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> I didn't see any light, you know, in that particular meditation. And then, uh, if that wasn't amazing enough, then he did the brain waves and he said that I went into deep theta waves which you reach, I guess, in deepest sleep. It's the most rejuvenating. So as Yogananda said, a 20-minute meditation is like a three-hour nap. You know, you get into theta waves. So all that happened in that meditation. And why I like to point that out is that I was not seeing the light. I was just focused there. And so this cosmic energy goes up the spine and goes in here, concentrated into the brain, the prefrontal lobe, and then starts moving naturally, starts moving down uh, through your brain, sort of redeeming you in this light, and then it goes down the spine, and it's taking care of all kinds of things. And we're just meditating. We're, you know, with devotion is the point. So that, because that's what we need to do, open ourselves up to God, God's light, that light will redeem us. That light will take care of it. So, um, so we're so blessed to have these teachings and techniques. To be sitting in this room, we all, I would think, catch some news here and there. If you're not an avid news, um, you know, listener, and there's a lot of problems right now, and this world needs the light. We need the light so that we can stay on course and not, you know, these collective thoughts uh, are very powerful in the ether. Years ago, you know, you had three stations on your TV. Now you could get 400, 1,000, you could pick up a state. If, if the re receptor is strong enough, some projection from Europe, you know, whatever, you know, it's interesting. Also, oh, it's, to say these, the atmosphere is so crowded with thought waves, and there's a lot of fear right now, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of uncertainty. What's gonna happen? We don't know what's gonna happen, but we don't have to be overly concerned in a fearful way. We just need to be buoyed in the light, fortified by this light, and so that we could be an instrument for the light and be some kind of counterbalance for all this stuff that's going on. The master has said one deeply meditating yogi in some cave in the Himalayas is doing more for this planet than 
a whole lot of do-gooders. Although I think these do-gooders and these activists, they're working out their karma and they're doing something good. That's wonderful. Somebody, I think, should do it. But that's not what we're doing. We're these yogis meditating in our little caves here and wherever you live. Hopefully you have your meditation spot. And that's your cave and that's another point of light on this planet that is backed by this whole lineage. And it's not us. We're just kind of trying to bring it in, helping us, but then we help the world. As Jyotish said very clearly in the Sevaka order, uh, our purpose is that we seek God, that oneness with God, and that we give God to others, that we give that light and love to others. And that's how we can do this the best, is hold the line, stay with our sadhana, get Kriya Yoga, and practice daily. I am so grateful, as I know you are, that we have this, we have the masters, and that we have these teachings. Swamiji, you know, having the attunement and the foresight to start Ananda. And Ananda isn't this, just this village. It's a mo he said it's a movement, Ananda Sangha, the fellowship all over the world. And it's happening more and more. And COVID was bad, but it helped us get online more. So there's always the dwaita, right? The duality of things. Uh, so have a wonderful week. And uh, let's all go deep in the spiritual week and bring the God's grace that it's always blowing, bring it down here. And as a, as a united force, we'll project it into the world. This week could be a solid full week. We're gonna be receiving a lot, but also we'll be giving. And let's let the light shine. We're redeeming ourselves through the week and we'll help redeem the world. We could, off, we could offset some karma, these bigger karmic waves that are happening right now. Um, I think that's about it. <laughs>